All right, welcome back to the podcast. You should know who I am, Marcus Silva. <laughs> and I'm joined today uh, by my guest who's known me for a pretty long time, I'd say. Probably yeah, seven. a couple of years. Like, at, yeah, at least five. It could be somewhere more like seven, at least five. Yeah. Yeah. The math gets hazy after a while. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the reason that I know uh, Ms. Jessica Wallish is through uh, getting stretched out <laughs> in, in the good way, not the torturous way. Although I guess, you know, sometimes the distinction gets a bit blurred. Um, it sounds kind of weird when you say it like that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so what is your actual, cause I, I was trying to look it up and I was like, oh man, I'm going to probably mess it up. So what's your like official title? Um, I'm a fascial stretch therapist and I'm also a kinesiologist. So I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. And then after that, um, I did lots of rehab, but decided to specialize in uh, fascial stretch therapy, uh, which came out of the United States. And it's just a form of assisted stretching. Um, I have a handful of other stretching courses along with that one that I all include. And I use it as a form of rehab for a lot of my clients. And that can be rehab from injury or rehab to better performance. And in your case, better performance later on when I've been treating you and before more rehab. And she's very good. So I would <laughs> highly recommend her. She's excellent. <laughs> she's, she's definitely saved me on numerous occasions and we're going to definitely get into that. Um, and so, uh, part of the reason that I, I wanted you on the show, uh, well, you are very interesting and you're excellent at your job. So that those are always a, a good starting credentials, uh, to, to speak to someone interesting. Um, but you've also been, uh, quite a part of, well, helping me get to my intended goal of, uh, breaking the Guinness world record for most chin-ups in 24 hours. And so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the work that you've done, and I always pepper you with lots of questions uh, during treatment, or at least get your opinion on stuff, and you're always very helpful, and so it'd be very interesting to um, discuss with you some of the mental components, but we're, we're also going to kind of get into a little bit more of the, the actual training uh, that, that I've been doing over the last little while, and what worked well, the weird stuff that I did, the changes that I've made. And we're just going to kind of have a bit of a discussion on that. And, and hopefully some of the stuff that we discuss, you can introduce into your own workout regime if you're feeling like you kind of want to do something interesting. And, and it's all a matter of scale too. Uh, you know, it's not about trying to uh, copy someone's level or, or, you know, reach someone else's level, you take in the information that you like and if it, and you tailor it to your goals. And if that works out well for you, then I'm happy to assist. Um, and then if not, then hopefully it's at least interesting. <laughs> so at least you got that going. Um, so one of the things that we were discussing right before we started, I was just kind of asking you, you know, what were some of the things that you wanted to know or some things that we could kind of get into in a little bit more detail. Uh, and so I, I got a couple of the notes here, but I think we'll, we'll start with um, the, well, actually I'll, I'll put it, put it to you first and then we'll get into the, the training stuff. Uh, but the one thing that I, I was very interested in is I was seeing you as a patient for a few years and then I went away to university and mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't recall 
seeing you in that few year uh, period, maybe once or twice. Maybe once, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but then certainly when I came back home and kind of settled in, I started uh, seeing you for treatments, uh, probably more on the back half closer to uh, the date of the first attempt, which um, I think at that point, I kind of settled into my routines more or less. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of a matter of making sure I could like lift my arms and stuff works. Yeah. Cause I think like right before, I think I saw you before the summer and then you attempted in December and I didn't see you throughout most of the summer. So I had this big gap of you telling me that you were going to try to do the record and then seeing you months later and being like, oh, like, damn, I, I actually think he's he's gonna do this. Like, this is really cool. Cause when you first, when you first bring up with somebody, you know, I'm gonna do a chin up record. That person is like, cool, yeah, okay. And then you don't, you're not, <laughs> but you're not really sure, right? But knowing what I know about you and how you fully commit yourself to something, I was intrigued by you telling me that you were gonna try to do this record, especially because you said you could only do two um when you first started which is like that's a that's a big jump right and it's it's a big jump and usually like goals like that take a lot of time to try to accomplish and what you did in such a what seemed on the outside of such a short amount of time um is pretty crazy Uh, from when we were talking on our podcast i realized that you had actually been working on this for years actually uh which seems much more feasible um in hindsight than when you told me the first time i think probably in like june or something that you're going to attempt it six months later and uh yeah in the moment i was like oh that's pretty that's pretty interesting also kind of crazy but pretty cool i'm excited to see where this goes um but to see the difference between that marcus and the marcus that i had met when I first met you, I think you were like 19 when I first met you Um, and seeing, you know, you're just in general, you were more of a quiet person and to see like how much you really come into your own as an adult has been really cool. Um, But that's a sidebar Uh, seeing you go from, you know, a hockey background um, athletics to uh, attempting a chin up record. Yes, there's transfer there, obviously, right? Because athletics, there's things transfer, low body does play into uh, chin-ups and pull-ups where a lot of people don't realize that. But you've basically had to transition your body so much in order to attempt this record. And that's really cool to see over time to go from athletic uh, hockey and low body kind of dominant to going to completely upper body dominant um, in terms of like your strength area, which is really cool to see in again such a short span of time very well said i appreciate that uh yeah i I got a kick when you said yeah quiet marcus i'm like (laughs) is he ever that quiet though i mean (laughs) but i know what you mean Um, (laughs) not even quiet just more like you didn't always have two cents about everything (laughs) where (laughs) And that's not a burn. That's just like, now you're just so opinionated and you're so not afraid of saying what you think. And a huge part of me wonders how much of that is actually, you know, related to this record or having gone to school or changing your sport or discovering who you are. Right. And I know that's a part of, you know, getting older, uh, but it's been really cool to see just how you've changed as a person developing your goals over time. That's really funny. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> I realize, like, as I'm saying it, like, that's coming out like you have something to say about everything, which yeah. you do, but one of your great qualities, like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think at least, yeah, that's true, though. It, it is hard to find something that I don't have some kind of opinion. About. I do, too. It's, it's, <laughs> It's one of my great qualities and one of my frustrating ones yes. um, that I always have something to say, but you know what? It makes for great podcasting. So. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, with that, I mean, there's a lot of places that we can, we can go there, um, but I'll, I'll put it to you. Then if, if there's not much, then I'll, I'll take it. But is there anything uh, right off the bat that kind of jumps out at you uh, either physically or, or mentally um, that you want to get started with? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to training for something like that, there has to be a huge amount of, um, mental component that goes into it and preparation. Mm -hmm. So knowing how you actually got yourself to the point where you realized that this was a feasible goal is always interesting to hear. And then what was like your first step when it came to starting to train? Because I, I know some tidbits from when we used to talk, uh, but where's that first starting point? How did you even formulate that starting point? And then where do you go from there? I know you made mention of some pretty interesting techniques that you used, but I'd love to hear more about them today. Yeah. Yeah, good start. Okay, so let me think. I, I mean, with, with anything, you, you first have to orient yourself. So when you're talking about physical training, I, I suppose the easiest way to say that is you need baselines. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, my baselines in the beginning were like kind of embarrassing, but you know, you got to start somewhere, right? Everybody uh, starts somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for, for myself, I mean, we're talking about if I could do a, a 20 to 40 or, you know, 30 rep session, where you're doing sets of, you know, three, four, five reps. Uh, that's pretty good uh, for me at the time. So and that's actually a great starting point for anybody to be able to do yeah, chin-ups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I know it's kind of funny, like you, like, okay, for example, I was talking to a buddy of mine and I was just saying like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I just, I, I was kind of mad uh, when I was talking to him because I, I did a chin-up workout um, and it did, didn't go so well. Like I was kind of struggling through it when I should have been kind of crushing it. Just one of those mm -hmm. days. And so I, you know, I get a little, uh, frustrated <laughs> and I, I vent that, I vent that to the people who will listen to me. And, uh, yeah. And I was just kind of a little bit, a little bit irritated. And I guess you could kind of sense that. And I was like, yeah, like, it, you know, it was stupid, you know, 400 and whatever rep workout. And it was just like, <laughs> And he goes, whoa. And he's like, how fast did you do it? I'm like, well, you know, about an hour and 15 minutes, which is about, you know, the pace that you would be doing that. And he's like, you do realize that you're bitching about a workout that you did one of five or six similar ones that you've done this week. And you, you do know that most people will never even, you know, and you're, <laughs> and you're attacking that, right? It's funny. But it's all relative, right? Like, so for your capability, that is, you know, let's say that's 70% of your capability. And for somebody else, that might be a 20 pull-up workout and that's 70% of their capability. So I think sometimes, and 
this is not saying anything about your friend. Um, when people hear stuff like that, they're like, why are you complaining? You're so awesome already, but it's all relative into in, in comparison to your goal. Right. Yes, so it yeah. can be frustrating for somebody like yourself and other athletes who are high performance. They're like, yeah, I ran like 40 kilometers today and I was really, really slow. And somebody else is like, wow, you, you ran 40 kilometers, but you need to put yourself in that person's shoes, that that's actually not towards the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. It must be hard to find people that identify with your struggle at this point. <laughs> well, you know, but it, and it was funny. He did it and he did it in a really funny way. Like it, he, he was making me laugh about it um, as he should. And, mm-hmm. but, but it's funny because how quickly you forget, you know, that about how hard it now, used to be, you know, well, maybe two, maybe about two years earlier. Uh, that was completely out of my realm where I really was at a point where, okay, you got to do 50 reps in yeah. a session today yeah. uh, and that you know goes on for a while and then it becomes a hundred and then it becomes you know then you start ramping it up but see that's the trick is like that you just have to ramp it up over time and a lot of people don't really realize that all these things physically and we've talked about this before where the mental component is so huge because you really need to be able to push just that little bit more and just a little bit more and you really need to understand progression and regression in terms of being able to push that little bit more like let's say you're stuck at 50 and you've been stuck at 50 all week and you really want that 51 well there's options for you right there's that you don't try that's option one there's that you force that 51 and maybe it's uncomfortable and you hurt yourself or you find a way to get that 51 where it's possible, doesn't hurt yourself and makes you actually have confidence. And I think that's probably what you ended up doing a lot more, right? was trying to just push that to give yourself confidence that you can get that one little one more or the next one or the next one. And that consistency as you know, we talk about in the training world all the time. It's the consistency that's going to get you there. It's not really anything else except consistency. And, and to me, I look at that, well, not to me, I think kind of to everybody, uh, consistency is a byproduct of discipline, right? It you is. You have to stay disciplined to continue to train, continue to stick to a schedule. You may have to adjust your schedule. Like, like you mentioned, you know, there may be times where you have to put your foot on the gas a little bit and try and elevate your, your ability. And then there's other times where, okay, you know, maybe I, my upper body is really sore. So I I probably shouldn't do too many champs today, but I can go do legs today or what's in the fight or what's congruent towards my goal, but that doesn't harm me in a way that I'm going to injure myself. Right. And I, I don't love the word discipline because I think we traditionally think of it as something that is harsh on ourselves. When in reality, discipline is just actually really knowing yourself knowing yourself really well, where you can push and where you have to pull back at certain moments. And the mistake that a lot of people make um, when, you know, saying they want to do records like this is they just go zero to a hundred, they injure themselves, they regress, then they go to back to a hundred and they hurt themselves and they regress. It's really, really about that slow and steady. And I know we've all learned that in like childhood stories, slow and steady wins the race, but it really, really is a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, that sustainability aspect too. And, and you, you have to recognize, and I'm really happy you said the, the C word, confidence. Uh, <laughs> I, I talk about it a lot on, uh, I mean, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. There, there's this relationship, uh, there's this dynamic relationship between uh, confidence and competence. And there's this dance that occurs. And mm. 
you can also think of confidence as well, which I've, I've kind of started to look at it slightly differently. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if I'm actually thinking of the same thing or if I'm actually looking at a different thing, which is uh, rather than looking at it as a confidence thing, looking at it as morale and kind of taking that perspective mm -hmm. on it. Um, so I'm not sure if that they both, I mean, they both kind of mean the same thing. They're similar, but I, I think mean, there's a bit of a difference. I kind of like to think that morale is a key factor in confidence. Hmm. Um, so confidence is made up of a variety of things, right? Like experience, morale, and then um, what else? Uh, just personality a lot of the time, right? So some people are just naturally more confident than others. Um, and then morale is like the mood that you're in at that time. Like, am I feeling good today? Or am I not feeling good today? And then our history of experience. Do I have experiences to draw on that really make me feel like I am capable of this thing? And that gives me confidence, right? And if you don't have those three things kind of aligning, confidence can become a bit of an issue. But there's a lot of ways in training that we talk about kind of building somebody's confidence and everyone's different in how they need to build that, right? Like some people need somebody who handholds a little bit more, um, tells them that they're capable. Um, people like you, for example, need to build off of experience. Uh, people like me need to be tricked into thinking that we're actually doing something when uh, we had no idea we were doing it. Uh, so it just depends on what works for you. And again, that's discipline, knowing yourself really, really well um, in order to know how you have to get yourself into something. So like for me to train pull-ups would be very different than, or sorry, chin-ups would be very different than you training chin-ups. For you, you're just, you're kind of dead set on things going a very specific way. They're organized. Me, it's how am I feeling today? Okay, I'm going to attempt this. Great. If I can pass that and this is my goal, then I might find a regression that I can continue to get there. So I'll get five chin-ups and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do another five with a little bit of band resistance. And then I'll do another five with a little bit more band resistance until I go to failure, for example, where somebody like you is you might take a break and then just do another five. Right. So that's the discipline, I think, component when it comes to training, that's really important. And your confidence plays into that huge, like, you know, that you can take a break and do another five. I take a break. I'm like, I don't know if I can do another five. I need more help than that. Right. And that, that really, and you hit the nail on the head there uh, as well by mentioning personality or temperament, however you want to describe mm -hmm. it, that really dictates how you solve those problems. Uh, yeah. Challenges for yourself. Yeah. Um, so that it, it does require that you uh, know yourself because <laughs> you have to know that and you have to understand, you have to understand the, the territory before you set foot in it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, you know, and it sounds kind of goofy in, in a way to sort of say that even because it almost kind of sounds like a mystery. And it's like, well, how can it be that mysterious if it's yourself? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised because a lot of people, I think, when they come up with goals for themselves, right, <clears throat> they come up with a goal and they think that this is something I want or they just notice something. And they're like, that would be great to have. But the steps to actually get there kind of eludes them. And that tells you a couple things, right? That doesn't just tell you that one, they don't have the knowledge in order to understand the completion of that goal, but also that they don't understand themselves enough in order to teach themselves that goal, right? So you're right. It is a bit of a mystery and we're always getting to know ourselves better. And that's why training is so wonderful is because you do get to know yourself really well. And some people are not into that and they know themselves in a different way and that's fine. But <clears throat> you really do need to have that dynamic in it too. Mm -hmm. 
And, and so start kind of just to sort of describe the, the actual physical component. So, you know, I mentioned you're, you're, yeah. you're you know, you, I'm basically, uh, I basically started from, you know, really zero. I mean, it's about as close to zero as, as well, like, let's, let's be fair. Um, I wouldn't say you started at zero because <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were already an athlete, right. Yes. Um, and you have an understanding of what discomfort is like in order to get to a physical goal. And I know that you also worked labor. So you know what it's like to just have to do something because you have to do it, whether you want to or not. So, I mean, that's not really zero. Those are three really important factors to kind of understand. So I would say you started at like 10, 20%, but you had a lot to go. Look, those boulders ain't going to move themselves, right? Um, <laughs> no kidding. Gamble. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he listens to this, having heard that. Well, his, his wife has been a guest uh, two times uh, on Perfect. the podcast already. Yes. Hi, Campbell. I miss you. I don't, I don't think you're a jerk for making me carry boulders. We can still be friends. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes good point though that that is true yeah and and so okay you know we we'll go okay we're gonna this is the record this is the goal mm -hmm. this is the the destination cool roger that uh after that you after you you've kind of made up your mind on where you want to go uh then you have to decide how you're going to get there and uh, you're talking about strategic planning you're talking about tactical planning your tactics need to match the strategic aim of your goal or your objective, your mission. And that is also, a, that, that in itself is an iterative uh, process and, and changes as time goes on. And, and you learn a lot through the process of planning and things going wrong and reorienting and making adjustments. And so it's, it, it's a lot of fun because it, it, it is, uh, you're problem solving. You're, you're constantly trying to problem solve and in order to advance closer to your destination. So I've, I do enjoy that. Um, just as a concept, I, I enjoy that process. It's interesting uh, to me just intellectually that that actual process, it's, it's a fun thing to experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then certainly to experience it in a realm where you have no experience in. Uh, or, or as you pointed out, you know, relative inexperience uh, to mm -hmm. the world, uh, but, but some experience in that transferable skill and in that yes. competence level. Um, so there's a little bit of something that you can grab onto. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's a, a good point to make, which is that you, you, it's in your best interest to identify your strengths and weaknesses and then use your strengths to build on your weaknesses. So, yeah. you know, make no mistake, the focal point is bring up, build up these weaknesses, but you're mm -hmm. doing it through the specific tactics that your, your strengths live in. Yeah, totally. And I think for you, like your biggest strengths were, you know, kind of understanding the amount of work that was going to have to go into the school, right. And having a background in athletics and, you know, being stubborn as shit uh, was definitely a strength for you too. Um, so that kind of makes me wonder, you know, what, what did that training regiment look like in the beginning? And then what did it look like in the middle? And then what things did you try that worked that, and then really didn't work and what you kind of ended up settling on? That's kind of what I'm curious about. Yeah. <clears throat> so you, you basically start slow. Uh, the, the, 
the reason that I wanted to, or, you know, kind of to brush over sort of the, the main reason that I, I wanted to break the record was because I, I felt that the challenges that I would have to inevitably overcome, although I can't necessarily articulate what those are, I know, I just know that there are challenges uh, waiting in the darkness. Um, you mean in life? No, uh, specific to the record. Just specific okay. to the record that there's going to be these challenges that occur mentally that are going to, they're, they're going to be really tricky and they're going to mm -hmm. be difficult. And so what that is, I don't really know, but I know that there's going to be something. And so my mentality was, I really have to build my mind in order to become what I feel that I, what I believe that I can become, which is someone who can handle adversity and, and can develop perseverance and you know the, these virtues or these traits that mm -hmm. lend itself to achieving uh, things despite obstacles and so the the first year or so I would say because I was also in university and so you're limited because you want to do well in university so you know that requires time yes. uh, which means time away from other things mm -hmm. so for me it was we got to read uh, podcasts, documentaries. I, I tend to respond. Uh, I, I, I'm a real fan of the arts, you know, movies. I'm a huge movie buff. And so it basically got in my head, you know, where there really wasn't a moment in a day where I wasn't thinking about how does X in front of me right now lend itself to advancing me through these challenges via mm -hmm. this record. So I, I really became very obsessed and, and hyper aware and really tried to connect as many dots as I could. And like we mentioned, these are transferable skills. So if I need to move over here and go, okay, well, I need to do well on this exam. How do I do that? Okay, well, I got to I gotta find my zone and I, I have to, that's where I study the, the most effectively. So how do I get to the zone? Well, that works just as well. How do I get to my zone to go do a workout? It's the same, same concept. And just like little sidebar, I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, if somebody probably asks you, what, well, why are you doing this? Like, what's the point? How is that going to help you long-term in life? Well, you learn skills that are transferable to everything with any undertaking you have, especially when it's something as difficult as, you know, trying to get a world record. So just like little side note there, when people are like, what's the point of me trying to do this or try to do that? Well, it's all transferable skill, whether you end up using it directly or not. And, and you're, you're going to battle. I mean, you're going to battle with yourself. There, there's not another competitor. So you're, you're, you have signed up for pain and discomfort and fatigue, and then the mental uh, unwinding that can occur when mm -hmm. the body is under stress and the mind is under stress. How are you going to respond to stress? What that stress is, is almost irrelevant. It just so happens that it's chin up, chin up stress. It's, it's yes. physical. It's, it's brutalizing your muscles and your hands and Mm -hmm. everything else, you know, let me tell you, it was actually your hands, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was very close to passing out the, the first time once yeah. we stopped, we, we stopped and I was like, I'm going to fucking pass out here. And everybody was <laughs> like, don't pass out. We're not doing this right now. And so 
I'm like Wim Hof breathing. Let's go. And it like yeah. helped me and I was good. But see transferable <laughs> skills you pulled yes. from tons of other things that you had learned before in order to apply to that record. And again, if you get stuck in a situation where you feel like you're going to pass out, you're going to be like, well, experience gives me confidence. So I'll remember when I tried to do my pull-up record and I didn't pass out because I went back to Wim Hof breathing. Right. So that stuff always compiles on top of itself. And I think people forget that sometimes. And, and you would be amazed too, that you would be surprised under certain circumstances when your environment, now keep in mind that the chin up thing, that, that is a product of my environment of my doing. I drove myself to that thing. So that environmental uh, thing that occurred, that was directly because of uh, direct consequence of my behavior. But there are going to be times where your environment, things around you are not going to go so well and you have no say over it, but you have to adapt and you have to, you have to make a decision on how you're going to behave and how you're going to adapt to the situation that's been thrown at you. Uh, so either way, you're still adapting to stress and change. So it, you know, it works out either way. Um, yeah. So, so to get to the actual like beginning, middle end kind of thing. Yeah, so the beginning was very slow. It was okay. We got to read besides the 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 mental thing, and okay, we gotta you gotta understand yourself better. Okay, so you know we gotta go and and there's some nasty skeletons in the closet. We gotta go. I don't know. You beat them up or something. I don't know what you do with them, but you gotta you gotta go in there. I don't know what you do with them, but you go in there uh, and address them <laughs> at the very least. Uh, but as far as the physical component, uh, yes. So coming from a guy who's I'm very proud to have like, I'm like, I really want Sidney Crosby legs. Cause this dude, his legs are just like, holy crap, the power on this guy, you know, he's such an unbelievable mm -hmm. skater. So I always, um, and my, I think my natural body, if I, if I just sort of worked out, you know, like 45 minutes a day, every day, you know, just kind of like a regular person, mm -hmm. um, naturally, I, I think my body would, would be lower lower body uh heavy in terms of strength and then upper body you know a bit less so relative mm -hmm. to the lower so that's kind of my natural homeostatic state then when you get into okay well you don't do chin-ups with your legs yes legs are a component be useful um, i'd be way better at them yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know so you, you, you then have to, okay, well, I got to kind of change the, the makeup of my own body here. And, and that is very challenging. That was very, very, very slow, very slow. It is. And because a lot of people don't realize that that transition phase, um, you know, there's an initial phase of starting to train that your body starts to pick up. Oh, okay. So we're starting to do this thing. Um, okay. I'll start to adapt to that thing. But then there's, if you don't do it long enough, your body kind of just goes back to what we call kind of steady state, which is usually it's comfortable weight along with comfortable form. Um, so to really combat that again, that consistency is really important, like daily ridiculous consistency. Mm -hmm. And, and like, how slow was the the process well it took me about a year from mm -hmm. from starting to go from we'll just say 50 reps because even to get to 50 took a little bit of time but we'll just say we'll just call them the the minimum 50 to go from uh 50 to 200 or 250 reps in a session took about a year 
That sounds be, about right. You know, and, and that is a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it takes about a year to get foundation in and then solidly, like, I don't always tell this to my clients because it's hard to hear, but to have any real valuable change, two years of consistent training. Yeah. Think of how much time you've spent, you had spent before that doing something like what felt completely different, right? To actually completely change your body to a new goal. Yeah. Two two years. It's not unbelievable. Yeah. And the way that I did it, uh, because I'm a bit... um... I'm quite orderly, as we would say. Uh, we did. <laughs> really? it. Uh, yes, I know. It was shocking. We, um, my uh, uh, co-host, uh, my my guest co-host, uh, her and I did a an episode that by the time this episode it's already been released, we we went through my personality report, and we had like a general discussion about personality as well. And so there, there's a lot more of this uh, in that episode um, that you can go check out. But cool. yeah, I'm very orderly. And so the, the way that I uh, deconstructed or constructed uh, the actual training sessions would be, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about averages here. Um, so generally, you're looking at, you're going to do five or six reps a minute, every mm-hmm. minute. So mm-hmm. when the second hand hits 12, you do your, your five or six reps and you get the time that it takes you to do six reps takes about six or seven seconds, depending, you know, how fast you're going, but you know, about seven seconds, eight seconds, if you're a bit fatigued. So you have 52 seconds of rest before you got to do it again. And then essentially all you do is then you go from, you know, uh, 15 minutes to 20 minutes to whatever. And you just kind of keep building. And I also thought it was just very easy math because, well, if I was doing, if I did a 30 minute workout at six reps a minute, you just did 180 reps. It's, you this is kind of the definition of like working smart, not hard, right? A lot of people would think that going into a record, you'd just be like trying to complete as many as possible. When in reality, like you said, it's math. It's how many reps can I manage within a minute and get enough rest so that I can continue that for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then as you, and I mean, and in and, and all honesty, that's pretty much all it was for about a year. You, you're basically just trying to get to a point where you can routinely, and then what you do is, okay, if I did, you know, a hundred on Monday, can I do 150 on Wednesday? Okay. Maybe yes, no. Can I do 200 on Friday? Can I do 50 on Saturday? You know, so then you, you kind of have to, I mean, and it's just, it's a bit, like yeah it's a bit chaotic but that basically was was my life for about a year and a bit is you just kind of tried a bunch of stuff to see what was actually going to work for you pretty much yeah and then once you get that solid foundation that that you pointed out Mm -hmm. uh once you can kind of get to and i would say comfortably because when you're comfortable it's not the great not the greatest place to be because you're comfortable but, but no, once you're comfortable, you know where you can push. That's exactly right. So you, yeah. you have a better understanding of your orientation. Where are we going and how are we going to get there? So once you develop or, or once you, you build that solid foundation where I can do, 
and I, I think for me, it was, it was roughly like, okay, I can do 200 reps, uh, 200 rep minimum, uh, session, you know, four times, five times a week. So actually, so I would say, yeah. So once you can do a thousand reps in a week, that's kind of a good spot where you can elevate and to get to a thousand in a week is like, that's pretty good already. Like you've actually done a good, you chipped away pretty good um, to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, you know, a lot of people are going to hear a thousand a week. Oh my God. Like how would I ever be able to accomplish that? But like you said, it was a year of prep and then a year of, you know, trial and error before you actually got to that point. And even then there's still more work to be done after the fact. And that's, I think the hardest part for people to kind of grasp is, you know, people love instant gratification. I want it and I want it now. Um, and the people who do records like this are usually better at delaying gratification and also pushing off other things that are important. And, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. I don't know if you've ever watched, um, pumping iron with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he's talking about like, you know, winning um, his competition. And at one point he actually says, uh, he was talking about his father passing away while he was in the United States. And it was two months out from a show and he chose not to go home because the goal was more important. And I think a lot of people don't really like, I don't know how many people watched that and actually registered what he was saying, but he was choosing a goal over other aspects of his life. And, you know, if he had done that and not been successful, that's a hard place to be in because people will say, why would you not go to that? That was so important, but because he was successful, people kind of idealize it, which is interesting. So that's a hard part about goals like this is that they're not just the physical components it's also the factors of having to put so many other things aside, like you said, with school, right? School was more important at that time, whereas now you've made this your primary goal. So that's that's really huge when it comes to training too. And that's why I think you've been capable of hitting, you know, a thousand pull-ups in a week is because it's been such a big priority and such a huge part of your life at this point. Yeah, well said. I don't know if I have much more out of that, but it's perfect. <laughs> but, no. but, but yeah, that, that's that's correct. I mean, if you're... Uh, and like anything, I mean, it, we, I've met, that's a common topic on this podcast as well is like, you know, work-life balance. And it's like, what balance, mm. you know, if you're, if you're as obsessed about your goal and you want to reach, and it doesn't matter what, what it is, you know, fill in the blank, you want to be X or you want to achieve X. Mm. If you really aim high enough and you put the work into it, that is necessary and not even just necessary, but then go over and above that, it is going to come at the expense of many things. Um, and you have and to that, weigh the options of if that's worth it for you. And that's right. And, you know, for some people, you know, like, I mean, on like movies and TV shows, like, uh, I mean, one, one that's always kind of funny is like Click. I remember that Adam Sandler, uh, Christopher Walken movie. And, and he, he chose, he's a workaholic. He chose work over his family life, his whole you know, that whole period of time. And then he looks back and goes, oh man, you know, I shouldn't have done that. But that was the choice that was made at the time. And so how that works out, you know, or the, the touring musician who's not at home, they got to go on tour and they're, they're performing, they're making a living, they're working, you know, so it doesn't really matter what it is. You, you can always find um, where the sacrifices are. And, and a lot of the times the sacrifices are going to be kind of shitty. Like they, they are going to be 
you know, like it's great for, for Arnie's case that it worked out where, you know, not, I mean, you know, and that's, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know how close he was with his dad, but that that's tough. That's um, a tough one. And like, he made his decision and knowing, knowing that you have to make decisions like that is sometimes the hardest part about goals like this. Right. And if it's worth it to you, it's worth it to you, but it might not be worth it to everybody. And that's where kind of knowing yourself comes into that discipline. Right. If you know that those things matter more to you than a goal, then great. Follow that. That's fine. But if the goal is more important, then you're more likely probably to be successful in that goal, but maybe less successful in other parts of your life. And I, I've, that's a lesson I've, I've really had to learn and continuing to learn. Although I, I think I have a pretty decent foundation of it at this point, um, which is that, well, just that very thing. Like you, you have to, if you're going to say no to certain things and yes to other things, you have to be secure enough and believe in yourself enough to not be influenced by the things that other people say, because people are going to say things to you. And, and I'm going to, I'm at a point now where I'm very happy to say for the most part, for the most part, that if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm fine to make it as long as I'm the one, you know, choosing that course of action, because if I'm choosing a particular course of action, I do believe it's the right move. Otherwise I wouldn't be making that move. If it mm. turns out to be wrong, I'm going to be wrong on my own behalf, but I'm mm. not going to listen to someone else and ignore the, the, the instinct inside me because I don't trust myself enough. That's a can, really big one. It's tough and it's tough. And I can only imagine that with this goal, you had so many people kind of will doubt you continuously. I can imagine. Um, and some people saying it out loud and some people not saying it out loud, right? Like the first time you told me, I didn't doubt you, but I was definitely questioning, like, how serious is this? How is that possible? But if you have people say that to you out loud all the time, it makes it, and you don't have strong self-confidence or, you know, really want that goal. That's really hard to hear repetitively and continue along that path of trial and error, right? Because you start to doubt your own choices in that trial and error. I can imagine there might've been a time for you in that when you were saying, okay, can I do 50 tomorrow? Can I do this? And then that kind of, you know, idea creeps in, in your head where you're like, maybe I can't do 50 tomorrow. I mean, is this even possible? Am I crazy? How many times did you actually doubt that this was going to happen? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot Every of people don't realize day that. Day. For a while, <laughs> for a while. And, and uh, I don't want to get too much into it now. Hopefully we'll come back to it at the end, but I will say you know, that as we're recording this, the last couple weeks have been not very good as far as uh, been a little bit in a funky mood in regards to that going, oh man, like <laughs> just being, you know, a little bit of fear kind of um, a little too much fear kind of creeping in and, and mm -hmm. to the point where I'm like, holy shit, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, the amount of sleepless nights can't I can't even count them there there were so many and you yeah. know it, it's easy for me to to say you know you got to uh you know like what I just said you know you have to be able to you know believe in yourself and then you know uh, your behavior has to match that internal drive and blah, blah blah and you have to be able to you know block out the outside interference the outside noise and 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 control the noise inside uh but that was one of my biggest weaknesses was I had very little self-confidence, very, very, very little. 
So mm-hmm. that was something that was really an uphill battle and, and still is a battle. It, although it's not quite as, as steep of a hill now because I've, I've improved my capabilities to handle the challenge. And that's, again, comes down to that confidence, right? Like your experience is increased so that your morale doesn't need to be in the same place. Whereas it sounds like morale is struggling a little bit right now, um, which, <laughs> which, which challenges. Oh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> no, of course uh, you will be, right? Like it's one of those things that because you have a host of experiences now, you know you're going to be more okay, uh, even though you might not be feeling that way in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge factor when it comes to any kind of training right? Like, do I know myself well enough again? And you'd be surprised, you know, things will, uh, things have a way of coming back and things that you thought you dealt with. And probably you did in a moment of weakness, somehow, you know, this, this insecurity or doubt or however you want to describe it kind of creeps back in and you go, you son of a bitch. I thought I dealt with you. And it's like, "Eh." No, because when you're vulnerable, that stuff always comes back out, whether you've dealt with it or not. And kind of going back to what you said about the skeletons in your closet, you're like, I don't know what you do with them. Do you throw them out? Do you like confront them? Actually, you probably have to sit and hang out with them and like learn how to not be afraid of them anymore. And know when they start to appear, leave the door open, hang out with them, have a chat, right? And I know that's all kind of sounds really stupid, but when you think about it, you kind of need to know how to do that. So when you are in vulnerable situations, you're actually capable of moving forward and not letting them stop you instead of, you know, opening the door, getting freaked out. And then I thought I got rid of you. <laughs> well, and and I used to say, sit down and have a drink with them, get to 100%. know them, get to understand them, uh, you know, because they're, they're a part of you. Uh, and that's the thing, like that, that's what's so interesting, uh, you know, about this, particularly because there, there's no, um, uh, what's the word? There, there's no other competitor. There's, yeah. there's no other, uh, boy, my vocabulary is taking a hit right now. That's that, okay. that one and a half hours of, of sleep that I got uh, last yeah. night <laughs> uh, right now, uh, which maybe we'll get to that as well. But uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're a traditional. There's no traditional competitor. It's not head to head. It's not a team against team. It, it's you against. Which is almost easier to compete against, right? <laughs> yeah, it's almost easier to compete against somebody when there's another competitor because now you're like, well, they're the problem. It's me versus them. It's, you know, I have to beat that person. And it almost becomes a little bit easier because now it's external when your versus is internal, it becomes a lot harder because it's always you like mulling over your own thoughts, feelings repetitively. And that's exhausting, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's really, really exhausting compared to an external cue that can go away when you're done with it. Whereas the internal one never goes away and it's always bringing something up. And especially if you're very competitive, like me, I mean, we're all, we're all competitive at the end of the day, you just, it just kind of some people, it takes a little bit more to get the fire out of them, but we're all, it's human nature. We're competitive. We're, we're, we've been competitive for resources from an evolutionary perspective. There's, there's always competition, competition in relationships. That's been ingrained in our behavior for thousands of years. Um, but yeah, it's in some ways it, it is, at least in the initial phase, uh, if you have someone to fight against, it kind of can pull that competitive fire out of you a little bit more quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to say that it's perhaps easier or not, but certainly more quickly. And then, you know, mm-hmm. there's always a, the challenges associated with which each, each thing anyway. 
yeah. is out at some point. And you'll actually find that people that are really, really competitive, they stop competing with other people because it's not fun anymore. They start competing with themselves. What can I do? What What am I capable of? Um, which the is why people- ones do that. Pardon? The excellent ones do that. <laughs> they do. Eventually they get to a point where they, they don't worry about the competition. The, the competition worries about them. And, yeah. and inside going, I got to be better, you know. Yeah. And well, other people's opinions don't matter anymore. And it's usually their own little voice. That's the one that matters the most. Um, and is also the hardest one to defeat um, as most people in general. But it makes it hard to kind of plan around things when you're so stuck in your own head. And that happens to a lot of athletes. And that's why like the psychology of like what you're doing, for example, matters a lot because if something's going to happen, it's probably going to be in your own head before it's physically, because you've been doing the physical component for so long and you've been doing the mental component, but that one is more unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, now we're kind of at a point where, you know, okay, you got your foundation, you're doing your, we'll call it thousand reps a week. That's going well, good stuff. Uh, you got to keep in mind, I'm playing a bit of hockey in there. Um, I was in the UK for a little bit. I was playing over there, not as frequently as I, as I was uh, in Vancouver, but you're still playing hockey. So you, you have that, you know, running a little bit, you know, like one day a week, you know, like just a little bit to, to supplement the cardio. Uh, DDP yoga, which basically is the foundation uh, of, of my athletic ability, I would say. And, and DDP yoga, which I'm becoming uh, a level one instructor and I'll be oh, finished fun. in a couple months, uh, which is very exciting. I'm happy about that. Uh, that really gave me the, I don't, it wasn't necessarily confidence. It was kind of more than that. Like it, it sort of gave me the, the belief that or it instilled in me the belief that I can do this and do it in a way where I'm not going to get hurt, do it where I will be able to sustain the effort and keep my body intact because to do this is very unnatural for it's not, it is not natural for your body to mm. do, you know, thousand plus of really anything in a short time period. I mean, you know, pretty much. Um, so how do you overcome what you could consider, which I think would be fair, you could certainly argue it, a physical impossibility. Well, you overcome it mentally, um, mm -hmm. but your body is still the vessel for, for which you have to achieve it. So you still have to take care of the body. Uh, and, and DDP yoga has been with me that the whole way through and, and it's given me, uh, it's what I fall back on and it's what's allowed me to elevate um, my, Did my you... physical abilities, but- did you select DDP yoga or did it kind of just like fall into your lap? No, like, well, I mean, I was, a, I was a fan of him when I was a kid as a wrestler. So I remember him uh, wrestling uh, and I don't know where it was. I think it was, I don't even know. It might've been a podcast because this is about six years ago now. And he was talking about his yoga program and, and he was talking about how it, it combines, you know, calisthenics and, uh, plyometrics and it, it's not just yoga, but you, you strengthen and you condition yourself, your body as well. And then you learn to breathe. And then there's this meditative, uh, although I wouldn't just, I wouldn't describe it necessarily as like traditional, let's sit down and hum meditation. It, it, it's uh -huh. meditation by fire, you know, cause your yoga hurts. 
you know, breaking down scar tissue hurts. It's, it's not mm-hmm. pleasant. It's on, un- well, not necessarily that it hurts, but it's uncomfortable. So being comfortable in uncomfortable positions, literally, and breathing through discomfort is a very valuable skill in something like this. And it, it's come, you know, to be proven to be very helpful. And again, transfers really, really well to what you're doing right now. A lot of people don't understand how to breathe through discomfort. Our natural reaction to discomfort is hold our breath and hope it goes away, right? Um, Instead of like breathing through it and kind of letting it happen and being like, okay, I'm okay with this. So I imagine that you probably did. I know you mentioned that you did some Wim Hof as well too, which pairs really well with that. And that you, one time I think you told me that you had got and stood in the snow and just started like trying to breathe and see if you could overcome the the cold of the snow did you do that stuff a lot yeah so I'll, I'll, I'll get right into that so yeah so once you're once you're at your your thousand reps a week and I'm basically doing that same structure you're doing x number of reps every minute or every 30 seconds I, I found you can do every 30 seconds as well and, and that's interesting mm-hmm. and then you start mucking around with six reps, seven reps, 10 reps. Uh, then you do the, uh, I call it stairway to heaven. It's kind of a funny one. So, uh, yeah, one rep, two rep, three rep, four rep, and you go all the way to 20 and then, and then back down stairway to heaven and then highway to hell, you know, you got to get your music, your music <laughs> right. So I, I always kind of laugh about that. So like, that's a pretty difficult workout and, and that is still a challenge for me to do that one. Um, and then, you know, then you start playing around with, then we we're going to add weights. Let's add weight vests. Um, how about you go for a 5k run and then go do 200 reps right after that? Maybe you're a little tired. So how are you going to do with doing a couple hundred or, or even doing 400, 500? Uh, how about you go when it's really hot out, you know, 25 degrees or 28 degrees in, in the sun midday? go do a few hundred. Now you got a bit of an external um, stimulus to, to deal with, or you come back home to Vancouver and it's wet and rainy, go outside and, and do them in the rain, do them, do them freezing cold, you know, go, go put the hose on you or stand in the, the shower outside, freeze yourself to the bone and then go do a hundred. How do you do? Um, so just starting to like really muck around with uh, ju- basically how do I make myself uncomfortable and then how do I perform with being uncomfortable discomfort or like right after how do you go through it and then perform so then uh, th- that lends itself nicely to to your point um, and then I'll back it up to we'll talk about the four by four um, uh, as well because yeah all right so <laughs> um, so yeah and uh, so to your point yeah so we had a lot of snow in in Vancouver um, like this past winter, um, I guess we're in spring now. So yeah, so th- this past few months, uh, we had a fair bit of snow. And so mm-hmm. what I what I was doing, I think this was mostly after the first attempt. I don't recall snow on the ground before uh, the nineteenth, uh, but either way. So I would I I would walk around in the snow barefoot, like just in the backyard. Which, by the way, if you want to freak someone out walk around outside your house barefoot and then let someone else go outside and be like, who the fuck is walking in the snow? (laughs) (laughs) Just like a maniac in circles. What kind of psychopath is scouting us out, you know? It's just Marcus training. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was interesting. So, so just being um, 
and there's something, I mean, the cold's uncomfortable for everybody, but I particularly don't like, well, okay, me and everybody else don't like being cold. So, you know, that's a good one. If you, if you really dislike something, that's a good one to attack always. And so getting used to that um, and, and just like walk around for 15 minutes in the snow barefoot, how do you do? Just breathe. You, did you do okay? How do you feel? Did you warm up? You know, how did that all work? So just kind of starting to identify the, the mental components. And that's not even, we're not even really touching on the physical benefits of, of the cold, which I mean, whatever, we don't really know. No, you're just generating experience that you can pull from to develop your confidence. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and you do it in kind of these funky, these funky ways. So speaking of funky ways to make yourself uncomfortable. Um, so what was interesting, and, and you'll remember this, because I, I remember showing you the photo of my thumb and I remember just freaking you out because I'm like, yeah, how gnarly does that sound, bitch? Like, so I, I injured my my thumb in December of uh, 20. Is that correct? Yes, December of 20. It was the 22. I know it's weird now the years because uh, I, I just did the, the attempt December 19, 2021. So it would have been December uh, 20. By 20. And uh yeah, it was just kind of one of those, it was just kind of one of those accidents. I was uh, playing catch with my brother and apparently I suck and can't catch. Uh, and I caught the, the ball caught my thumb weird and, and just absolutely shredded my, my hand and, and had significant impact on my, my wrist and, and forearm because, you know, all that stuff's connected. And uh, yeah. And so I really was like banged up badly for about four months where I had very limited use and strength and a lot of pain um, mm -hmm. and like bad pain. Like, it's not like, Oh, that's good pain. Like, no, this is like, this is actually. Something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, d December to April call it. And at that time in March, there was an opportunity to complete David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge. So for people who don't know, you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I, I guess it works out to like two marathons or, or just under two marathons in two days. I don't run longer than, you know, like I said, maybe once a week you go for a 5k run, like limited, limited running. So I, I trained in a two, three week period and I overtrained because I wanted to attack myself mentally. So I, I ended up doing many runs that were over 10 K, you know, 10 to 18 K, which isn't good. If you haven't ran, you have to build up to that and what you're going to yeah, have to build up to it with consistency. Yeah. And what you're going to get is you're going to get me texting Jessica going, I can't walk upstairs. Do you have an opening? <laughs> Yeah, that was really rough. You came in like pretty rough and you handle pain really well because you were still laughing coming in. <laughs> but like, I could tell that you were in a lot of discomfort. You started sweating as soon as like we started moving your leg around. I'm like, okay, like you're very uncomfortable. Like this is probably like an eight out of 10 on the pain scale. <laughs> and the opportunity there was, well, and, and it also worked out too that, uh, my goal was to raise $5,000 for uh, BC children's cardiac division. 
or wing, whatever the vocabulary is for that, uh, and ended up raising uh, 10,900 and some change. So like that was really cool that you, you can have an impact on, on your community. And, and a real, I was very surprised at that, like how many people were really supportive of, of what I was doing on, on such short notice. So that, that was very cool to just be a part of that. Um, but as well, uh, I had an injured hand. So in my head, I'm like, well, there's going to be a lot of mental warfare going on that I can apply to the chin-ups. You just, you just have to run right now. Totally. And just switch gears and work on something else for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. you, and, and the other thing that I did as well was, so I ended up running 52 miles. I did an extra leg and the last leg I did is fast as I could. So it was like, a, you're basically sprinting as much as you, as you could do it. And I had a very, I don't remember what my like time was, but you're averaging about 40 minutes. Um, so you're doing about a 10 minute mile, eight, eight, nine minute mile. So, you know, you're going, you know, slow, what many runners would consider slow. Um, but whatever, you got to get through two days of being up. And I slept 90 minutes over that two day period or oh, so like last night yeah pretty much yeah yeah i feel like garbage so it's all good very <laughs> professional of me to get lots of rest for my podcast um but no we're, we're good we're good can't tell honestly no, no exactly exactly right <laughs> so um yeah and so it was just a good opportunity to uh you know continue to push yourself mentally and and make up for uh just a bum hand <laughs> at that point in time and just like a side note, and if people are interested in, you know, they're training for something and they get injured, it's really important to just sidestep and focus on another goal that you can actually work on because doing nothing is less conducive to your goal in the long run than, you know, like people think rest is really important. It is, it totally is. Rest is important, but just pick another goal that you're capable of for right now to distract yourself and keep your fitness up so that when you are better, you can go back to that other goal and continue with your rehab stuff. Cause a lot of people make that mistake. And, and what was good for me at that time too, get creative as well. So besides the running thing, which, which then I basically didn't run again for like three months because I'm like, I am sick of that. And I'm, my legs are busted up. So back to chin ups. Um, but you went a little too hard in the race. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, Hey, when duty calls, right. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. but, um, then I was like, well, maybe I should just start practicing, uh, ice baths. Cause that helps with the rehab. It'll help my hand. It'll help my legs recover. So if you even do that, you, you're actually physically there, there's all these benefits of cold water and that's great. So you get the physical benefits and then you're also actually helping your body recover, depending on what injury you have, you know, may not cold water. I don't think is going to help a concussion. Right. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean? You have to kind of, be, you know, you got to be smart about it too. Uh, but you can be creative and you can do things like, as, as you said, do find something different, but take care of yourself. Like, you know, take care of the injury because you don't want to be the, the last thing that I wanted was to hurt my thumb or, or hand further to a point where you then compromise your, your goal. Yeah. And here's the thing. I did have to go back to doing chin-ups sooner than I wanted. And there was a lot of pain and I had a lot of I came in many times, uh, you know, to you and, and I'm like, my thumb, I'm having a lot of trouble with this thing. And, 
but eventually it got better and, and we're good. And, and I actually have incredible, my strength and mobility in my thumb and my wrist is better than it's ever been. So it, it worked out well. That's also like, you know, going back is really important because again, some people will shy away for too long, but it does need to start getting loaded in the way that you want it to actually heal. And a lot of people make the mistake of just like letting it sit and you want it to heal, to be able to do chin up. So it was important to go back mm -hmm. and I totally get, you know, the making sure that you shift goals. Cause I'd had a really bad back injury and I completely switched to calisthenics and I was doing just basically pull-up training for like a year with some stuff for my low back to kind of rehab it. And I just learned a whole host of other things about myself that I was capable of. And I think you did the same thing with, you know, running like, wow, I actually learned that I could run a really long distance. That was really cool. Okay. Well, I can always go back to that goal and try it again later if I feel like it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so then you fast forward from March to ooh, uh, June, Jul no. Oh man. When was this? So, so your thumb was about March and then June, I remember seeing you a little bit and then I didn't see you again, probably till like September, October when you were getting closer to your actual record. Attempt. Okay. So that is correct. Okay. So then this would have been October, November, some point. So I was thinking a lot about the, the four by four in March and it was really helpful and okay, you know, how can you kind of tinker tailor this thing uh, now that you're a little bit closer to the day, uh, to the big day, what can you kind of do to mix it up? What can you do to, uh, to bugger yourself a little bit more? Uh, so my brilliant idea was uh, I decided to do a 25 minute uh, chin up session and I had three different workouts to choose from three different pacings. Uh, it was six, eight or 10 reps a minute over that 25 minute period. And I was going to do that for, uh, I was going to do that every four hours for five days, uh, which I did and I did it. Um, so <laughs> and we got through that, you know, relatively okay. And the, the final, uh, set that I did, I think it was like a 45 minute session. And it was like, then we put weights on, like it was like 45 pound weights at the end. And so like, we really backloaded it. Um, mostly because I felt like, you know, you, you actually feel okay. You know, let's, this is your, your last one, you know, earn, earn your rest earn earn your, uh, earn the ability to stop to say that you did what you came here to do. So it ended up being like 40, 700 or something, um, over that five day period. Uh, but, but you're, you know, the same thing, you know, you're, you're, you have to get up at a certain time. You have to get up every four hours, you're tired or not. You, you have to get up and you have to go do the reps. And generally what I found was once you got into it, once you got like 10 ish minutes in, you're okay. Then you can get through it. But that initial period, it's, it's, pretty tough. And especially when you're really, really tired and then you get weird, you know, then you're, you're not tired, you know, three days in now you're wired at night and then you're going to be like kind of high up in high energy in the day. And then maybe you're going to dip down again, you know, so then you kind of start getting a bit wonky. Um, which is fun. Pattern, right? 
And, and unfortunately my, my sleep pattern was like wrecked for about a week after that, which I probably should have anticipated, but didn't. Um, but Hey, it's the way it goes, you know? Um, but again, you know, that kind of comes through that, that mentality of how do we make this more uncomfortable for yourself? And yeah, you can do, um, cause I don't know, I'll mention this now cause the listener may be thinking. So if you're going to do uh, 6,000, 6,000 is the goal, how many, 2000, 3000, 4000 rep sessions are you doing? The answer was none. I trained for it like I would a marathon. To run a marathon, to train for a marathon, you don't run a marathon. But what you do is you run miles in a week. So you do it that way. Um, I did do a handful of like thousand plus rep workouts, which is like, three, see if you could, hours. right? Yeah, because you you kind of do have to you have to see build that confidence to know it's possible or close to right. Yeah, and and you have to get used to just being there for four or five hours. Like that's that in itself is a bit of a tough thing to do. So yeah. you just kind of have to do your best to climatize. Well, you don't have enough time to climatize because you never have enough time to climatize. But at least familiarize yourself with the territory that you're going to wander into. Uh, but I always looked at it because I want to mitigate any potential injury. I want to do this sustainably. Uh, so I figured do your, uh, you know, thousands of reps in a week. And so I think at my peak, it was about 3,500 a week. Um, and that's just chin-ups. That's not push-ups. That's not pull-ups. That's not yoga. That's not hockey. That's not MMA. That's not basketball. That's not running all these other things that I do, that's just chin-ups. So you, you have to, uh, you know, adjust your, your lifestyle accordingly and, and, and weights as well, you know, that you throw a bit of that in there too. So, you know, really trying to get as much of a holistic approach to training as you possibly could. And just like overload, 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 because by the time you're going to do this record again, I think in June, I, yeah. I believe um, you have to get, you have to be used to just overloading yourself with that all the time so that doing a fraction of it feels like nothing. Yeah. Right. And that's what they talk about in training. When we say progressive overload, um, it's just over time, just adding more, adding more, adding more until one felt feels like absolutely nothing to, you know, whereas like two used to feel as if it was your whole workout probably. So that's really cool to see that you're just overloading, overloading, overloading over time to the point where when you're going in, yeah, well, I, I did 3000 last week. So, you know, doing 3000 in a sitting is not that big of a deal, which is weird to say, right? Well, and, and you also have to kind of figure out your body too. Like I know for Goggins, his approach to his pull-up record was not my approach at all. He was doing, uh, he was doing pull-ups every day. He was doing I think what he actually was doing is he was doing, I can't remember the figure, but let's call it 4,100 4, or 4,300. We'll say 4,300. Uh, I might be incorrect, but more or less. And so he was going to do 4,300 every week. So seven days a week, you know, you do a few hundred, few hundred, a thousand. I think he, I think he actually would do a thousand on Saturday and 750 on Sunday. And then the remaining five days were, you know, split you know, split the difference to, to hmm, 4,300. So I did not take that approach at all. Um, mostly because what I, 
saw from Goggins from his uh, book and in his him speaking about it was that he failed on the first two attempts and he didn't get uh, pardon me he lost on the first two attempts um, but he and he didn't get very far he, he got less than halfway on the first two attempts and he I think largely it was a it was a matter of over overtraining, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to a detriment. And so I'm like, okay, well, good thing okay, you wrote that book because then I can read it and not make that mistake. And my body is not his body. So mm -hmm. you also have to keep that in mind as well. You know, maybe that would have been the right thing for me. I don't think it was, but you know, it could have been, you don't know mm -hmm. um, till, till you kind of get in there and, and see what's up. Mm-hmm. And that's good that you're actually learning from other people's mistakes and acknowledge that, you know, that might not work for you. So yeah. it's really cool to, to hear how you've, you know, tweaked everything over the last two years to get to the point where you're at right now. And you have to consume as much information as you possibly can. Take it all in and, and tinker with it and see what works and experiment. And there's going to be things that do work. There's going to be things that don't work. And you, you would be surprised what does and, and doesn't. Uh, go yeah. well for you. Uh, Cause it oftentimes I think you're going to be a little bit surprised. Um, so we're kind of coming up on time. I mean, that was like such an incredibly fast uh, podcast. Really fast, yeah. We got a few minutes. Um, so I know we didn't touch on everything we wanted to touch on, but in the last few minutes, um, is there anything uh, out of context or in context doesn't matter? Is there anything that you wanted to uh, just briefly go over before we wrap it up? Hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're really changing this time around? Like, cause you've talked about the regiment that you had before the last record attempt. Is there anything from that, that you've changed for this next record attempt or are you just continuing along the same path and building on that? Yeah. So I have uh, tweaked it a fair bit actually. So the, the, uh, I'm still building up to the, uh, you know, number of reps that I want to do in a week, which again is going to be about 3000 uh, ish a week. Uh, probably be about, yeah, maybe closer to four um, at this point. Uh, but, you know, still slowly ramping up. That'll be in the next few weeks, I guess, when you'll, you'll see that part um, or well, I'll see that part rather. Uh, so I, I actually started identifying as well um, one of the things that really surprised me was when I looked back at the footage from the 19th, I was, what I was really confused at was I was looking at myself on the screen and I was like, that does not look like my body at all. And it was, it was odd because I did not feel very good on the 19th physically either. And what I saw was a dude who was massive up top and had no legs and i'm talking no legs skinny chicken normal legs. for chin-ups pull-ups but yes but what i think was a problem for me was because i felt very depleted and i did not feel good i felt physically very weak and and just not good and i think what i did was i overdid it um up top i think i i think i need to have a more uh, holistic approach and that's the change that I've made is I need a more holistic approach to the training. So do I need to squat 350 for 10 reps? No, but should I be squatting two or three times a week? Yeah. Yeah. Do it in a way where you're not building too much mass because, you know, then you got to deal with extra pounds that you got to lift, lift over the bar, you know, so totally. there's that dance. 
but regardless, I, I need strength in my legs and, and deadlifts as well. Um, so I'm doing more isolated training. So we're, we're making sure that we're keeping the legs uh, at least somewhat proficient. Uh, a lot more yoga. So we're doing a lot more DDP yoga, which kind of helps because with my uh, um, certification, you need X number of hours anyway. So I, I'm motivated to do it. And so that works out well, it lends itself to training. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more ice water uh, for the to keep the inflammation down and the mental component and uh, breaking down body parts. So I'm doing like designated ab training two to three times a week where it's just abs, focus on that. Um, do more weights uh, because I had trouble with my joints. I was having a lot of pain in my joints. So I need to do more weight lifting uh, just so that my joints are a little bit more secure and can take more punishment. Uh, running, uh, exercising at your 90 to 100% heart rate which I didn't do enough of. Um, and what I realize now is that when you push yourself, which for me, the easiest is running and you can do sprints and whatever, um, it prepares your body for stress. And that's yeah. what you're doing. You, you need to prepare your body for extreme stress. Yeah. And so I, I'm not looking at it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it much less. So at a chin up record, I'm looking at looking at it as a body record. That's, bicep chin up muscle heavy Specific. Yeah. yeah and i think um going back to what you said about cardio is a lot of people undervalue cardio yep. um yes you need weight training for strength and muscles but it does teach the body how to handle repetitive stress um and you know some people can't handle that to certain joints and that's fine there's other ways of doing that but some form of cardio like cycling swimming is really helpful for your body just going through that experience and knowing how to calm itself down. And when you're going through a record where it's repetitive stress like that, your body needs to have that memory to build off of. Precisely. So I know we kind of, I know it was really fast. I know you got to go, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, so I'm really excited for your next record. I think you're going to do great. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to, uh, it'll be a good one. I'm excited to, uh, we're going to make it happen this time. So it'll be a good challenge. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. And then very briefly, I was a guest on your podcast and I listened to it the other day and I really, uh, I loved it. It was, um, especially because I've been uh, in a little bit of a funk trying to kind of elevate the training. And to be honest with you, actually listening to myself uh, talk has actually been really helpful to me right now, because one of the ways that I prepared for your podcast was I went through my journal uh, notes from, you know, the months leading up to it. And I was pretty candid about a lot of very, very personal uh, stuff and, and drives and motivation uh, and kind of giving a bit more of a, like an inside look at, at what's been going on. And so it was a lot of fun to go uh, to, to be a guest on that. It, cool, cool for me to be a guest on a podcast. That was the first time for me. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, the three of you, uh, the three hosts um, were, were fantastic. And uh, so maybe just tell us a little bit about that. Um, so our podcast focuses more on fitness, 
And we ended up having Marcus on and we talked a lot about uh, just like the mental aspect of, you know, getting involved in a goal like that. So a little bit different than what we talked about in this podcast, which is really neat. So if you liked this one, listen to that one. And then uh, we also cover other topics like nutrition and, you know, people getting out of injuries and other parts of fitness. And we focus a lot on the mental component of fitness, uh, which I think is the most important. So if you like that kind of stuff, definitely head on over to uh, three-way fitness. You can find us on Spotify or on Apple under wave talks. So wave, like the thing you surf on and talks. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate oh, you. Uh, running through this thing really quickly, uh, <laughs> but it was great, great to uh, sit down and talk with you. And uh, we'll, I'll be seeing, I think I got an appointment with you in a few days. So I'll be seeing you. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and we can talk more about it then too. Perfect. Thank you so much.